Hello there, and I am so thrilled that you are joining us today. I'm Amber Griffiths, maker of legends, and it's that time again. So grab your legend pack, crank that speaker to 11. Welcome to Legend. This is a Get Real, Get Loud with Purpose podcast, and it's a series of conversations that I have with individuals where we get to explore their dreams and their visions and their goals. And these particular individuals are not your run-of-the-mill ordinary people. They know that their message, their story, their movement is destined to become something greater than themselves. Sometimes that's creating a legacy for their family or for their community, and sometimes it's really out there changing the way the world thinks about things. Each one of my guests have chosen to leap into speaking, into entrepreneurship, and into owning their voice, and they're willing to come and share it with you. So today I get to speak with Brad Herda, the Vision Forward Business Solutions. Welcome, Brad, and thank you for coming to play. Um, thank you very much for having me, and I'm looking forward to seeing where you decide to take this show and uh, <laughs> the topics that we that we cover. Because as you go through the intro, I'm like, huh, check, check, check. Scary, <laughs> but okay. So I'm very Nothing interested to see scary. where you want to go. <laughs> no scary, no scary here. Let's do the easy part first. So tell us who you are, who you serve, and how you the part of serving your clients that really lights you up. Uh, who am I? Are you listed as a explicit show, a family friendly show? How are you listed? So I know Most the appropriate vernacular. Family friendly. If you say shit, it's okay. Mostly okay. family friendly. <laughs> all right. All right. Good. So, so I'm, I'm, you know, the people I serve are um, clients that are looking for that support in their world, typically in the blue collar world, where they are. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. So I get to kind of play their uncle, their mentor, their coach, their trainer, their thing, and, and be that advisor and support staff and get dirty with them to achieve what they're looking to achieve. Because their wife, their spouse, their friends may have said, ah, you can't do that. I'm not going to come in and say, you can't do that. I'm going to say, ask them why they want to do it. And then, okay, are you willing to put the effort and energy in to get there? Because you may want it, but wanting it and doing it are two different things. And um, the blue collar world, in my opinion, has been vastly underserved and taken advantage of by others in my industry because they've mm-hmm. overpaid and not gotten the results that they were looking for. And and my passion is to make sure that there is a business at the end of the tunnel that they can transfer to their kids. They can sell and go retire and off to the sunset, go to the beach, go to wherever they want to go to retire, visit their grandkids, do whatever it is that they want to do, that there's an asset available at the end of their rainbow and that they're prepared for any opportunity along the way. That's that's what gets me excited. That's pretty. That's pretty. Having something to actually hand off. That's because you're right. I think there's so many people in that blue collar industry and, and entrepreneurs do it too, where we're so busy working on our jobs that it becomes a job. And we forget that there's a potential of leaving and not just shutting the doors, but actually like gifting this to someone. I mean, this is a heck right. of an inheritance if you're, if you do it well, right? If, you're, if, if they're willing to do it and willing to put the effort in and, and take away some of those family barriers and dynamics and, and treat each other as humans versus father, son, father, daughter, mother, aunt, whatever, um, yeah. things can happen magically. And, and creating that compartmentalization is really, really key and important to make sure that that happens. And you look at your son or daughter that, yeah, their son and daughter, you should be proud of what they're willing to do and wanting to do, but also understand that 
it's your son and daughter. And you know what? Um, you likely can't teach them what they need to know because you're, they're the son or daughter. And right. it's like, like when you go to school and your kids would come to school and you say, just because your teacher said it, I've been telling you that for five years, similar <laughs> scenario. Sometimes you need that outside influence, that outside perspective and that outside support to allow others to broach topics that you don't want to necessarily talk about or get into, but are vastly important to make sure the business survives and thrives um, in yeah. a multi-generational environment. I think you're absolutely correct. What I've, And you probably have noticed this with your clients as well, where you can say something, my my sweet spouse, um, he'll tell me something. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Or yeah, 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 I should totally do that. And five years later, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I was talking to my coach or I was talking to my mentor. I was in this networking meeting and they said this and this and this. And he's like, five years ago, sweetie, five years. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> so, you're, you're a little you know, late to the party, but thanks for coming. Right. right. I pre Thank you so much for listening to me five years later. But I think, and what I've decided about it is most often is it's not because we don't hear it. Like I think I, I hear things differently when I'm ready to take action on them. Correct. Right. Like, because even if I hear something at a conference or from a coach or mentor or colleague versus my spouse or my father, if I'm not ready to do something about it right then, then it's then I it just it's it's OK. I'm just going to put that up on the shelf for a second. Right. Like it's right. not a. Yeah. So have when you talk about your clients and, and the. You mentioned the kind of the negative messaging they get from those who love them the most. That are being the real most realistic and trying to save them from themselves. Have you found in your with with your client work, is it mostly a mindset is the biggest hurdle they have to get through, or is there something else going on? Yeah, it's them. It's their own. It's their own head trash. Their own self talk in many cases, and you've got to work through that, and you've got to be able to support them through whatever that is, and find alternatives. And you know, my superpower is context. And so if they're willing to open up and share, I shouldn't say if, when they're willing to open up and share all the things that are around them. And I asked the obscure question about 10 years ago or their childhood or different things. So I can piece that all together to provide opportunity to say, oh, have you thought about this in that way to get to a client, to make that sale, to find the right process, to look at the right tools, to hire the right people? It's often very resourceful and, and and it works because it's coming from a different viewpoint of trying to support them and their vision and their goal, not, hey, this is what the book told me to do. So therefore, the I'm just going to follow what the book tells me. Um, you know, the book Traction, great book. Gino's got a great system out there. Right. It's fantastic. But when you go and just follow the book, there's no ownership to it. Yeah, it's somebody so else's idea. Somehow you got to connect the connect the dots to you need to own the opportunity. You need to put the context around it to put the right tools in the box, to use the right things that fit the business at that point in time. And then the ever evolving piece, you know, when you were a, a $1 million business versus a two or $5 million business, it was different. And right. uh, one of my first clients, they were family business, two partners, business been around for 48 years. They were still running it like it was 48 years ago, paper and pen and different things. And, oh, wow. and so the processes didn't move forward. The things didn't move forward and uh, it causes angst and anxiety when you're trying to hire young people and bring new people and bring talent. Cause like, well, what is this all about? 
Um, right. It doesn't work well. So uh, modernizing and becoming um, attractive to Gen Z and attractive to younger millennials and even eventually to Gen Alpha, which is that 12 and under crowd, is dramatically important to the long-term sustainability for a business, uh, particularly in the blue-collar world as we're fighting you know, we're fighting a, a numbers game. We're fighting retirements. We're fighting these kids don't want to work. We're fighting all those other things, but let's right. stop fighting and start promoting and, and accepting and adapting and changing um, to create benefit for both sides. There are so many questions I have to ask. I, you said connect the dots and I want to pin that because I definitely want to revisit that because it was, it was a way I experienced you that I had oh my gosh tell me about it so in my world i am a firm believer in the hub concept where i do what i do really well and and like i'm very confident in that i'm very comfortable in that and mm -hmm. there's other people that i bring in to my space because i'm like i don't do social media or i don't do tech or i oh my goodness i don't do tech or i don't do this and so like let's all work together to serve the client in a better way and not in a handoff pass off referral kind of way but in a we really are working together collectively in the oh my gosh it's the octopus brad there it is we always oh, started talking about this before we hit record this is and this was on this was recorded this is so cool thank you so you're right you're good at context so but you're bringing all these people together to really serve this one client this one goal this one it seems like perhaps your people, your clients really could benefit from something similar in that you don't have to be everything. You keep doing what you do, but let's get some tech involved so it's more modern so that you can attract that younger generation so they don't threaten you, they can support you. It seems like that hub concept is maybe something you create with them too, yeah? Um, that would be a good analogy to use, yes. And, and so for me, I get to be that resource to support them and connect them. My goal every year is to um, create at least 100 introductions that have meaning and purpose across my network, whether that is um, doing business with each other or just to create a better connection because I know that um, Amber, you may be able to help, Jennifer, who may be able to help, Bill, who may be able to help whoever, and just start, let that ball right. just move down the road. You know, easy octopus tentacles. How many, yeah. how do we make that all happen? Um, and connecting those my clients to those individuals, they're able to be more successful because I've created the no like, and trust for me. And then I go and do what's good for them. And they see that I'm there for them. And then the people I refer, they're doing the things the right, the right way and supporting them and giving them the right answers and saving them time, energy, and money. And it might create some frustration. It might be painful conversations. Um, it's never fun to ask a business owner to talk about life insurance policies to protect their loved ones from going bankrupt if something were to happen tragically to them. That's never a fun conversation, but I have referral partners that can have that conversation because I've set it up for them appropriately. And it's not just a cold and it's not That's just right. And, and at the end of the day, their business and their family is going to be a better spot if tragedy were to strike and nobody wants to have that, but that is a massive right. shoulder bearing weight off of your chest right. when you, when you have those things set up and nobody talks to them about that, nobody thinks about those things. Cause again, it's about me understanding what their end looks like and how do they support that? And that's yeah. where the business name. So the business name came from seven years ago, vision forward LLC. And then I changed it because to business solutions, cause that's really what we're doing. We're finding solutions for the future. Right. Not, not we're working today for the better tomorrow at the, at the end of it. And 
how do we get there? It's always looking forward because we look in front, the front window, when the windshield's always bigger than the rear view. And there's right. a reason for that. We want to see where we're going. We don't care where we were at. I like that too. How did you get into this? Like, how did you go? What were you doing before you launched your business? Like, how uh, did you, what was that transition? What was the catalyst for that? Um, so I've been doing what I've been doing since about 2004 when I got to Bucyrus International and I was in subcontract manufacturing and I had to grow my own team. So um, I started there in 2000, small recession after 9-11. Um, then mining went crazy and and we were expanding and we were going to expand our facility and I had to um, go through and figure out how to go from a party of two to a party of 12. So I had to do all the hiring, all the relationships put all the processes and procedures in place and do all those things and find the right people. And um, we're outsourcing a million man hours and our product weighed, you know, stuff that weighed up to 250,000 pound weldments that we're doing. And you got three, 400 drawings oh trying to figure out ways where the customer, the, the supplier that we're trying to engage with, they're not going to look through 300 drawings to give us a quote for a job because it's going to take them six weeks to do it. And we don't have six weeks. They don't have six weeks out of time. So figuring out all those other things of how to put that all together and working with those small business owners to understand where they're coming from and what they do and how they do it, not only from the customer side, but the supplier side has created an opportunity where I can walk into any, I don't, I don't want to say any facility, but almost any facility. And it's usually they'll say, have you worked here before? Because I can find the things or put the pieces together, ask the questions of insight and go, hey, how did you think, have you, and, and I go, oh, no one's ever asked that before. And not coming at it from a C-suite level, but from a ground floor level of going, hey, let's just right. walk and be honest about it. My services and things work and you think I got value, great. If you don't, cool. At least you're going to get something out of this conversation right. to to move the business forward in some direction. So what what keeps you going? You talk about having clients that are committed and driven and really want and are, are committed to moving forward. What keeps you going? What is it? Is, what is it that keeps you moving? Even on those days when you're like, screw this noise, I'm going to sit home with a blanket and a good book or whatever. What keeps you getting out of bed and just Wrong character doing it? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I, I said that, I'm like, I don't think you're a blanket and a good book kind of a guy. <laughs> nope, not quite, but thanks for thinking about that. What's, what is your day off where you're like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing this today, even if it's planned. Are you outdoorsy? Are you more of a out on the four wheeler motorcycle kind of a guy? Are you no, hiking? I, I I love to golf. Um, mm. I, a friend of mine just moved back here to uh, to our area of town with his boat, and he likes to go fishing. So I've gotten into some fishing. Um, nice. I bought a shotgun last year before I got into a car accident and I was going to go do some trap or some, you know, clay shooting events, networking type things. Cause that's where my people exist. Um, yeah. So that hasn't happened yet because of, uh, you know, setbacks and surgeries and things like that. Sure. Um, but I, I just like working around my house. I just like, I like just being doing things and taking care. I don't want to say taking care of others, but when we have people over do things, I'm making all the food, doing all the things, getting everything ready, making sure that everything's cleaned, doing all that to make sure others are enjoying themselves. And so what drives me there is watching my clients continue to have success um, year over year over year. And whether it's causation or correlation, I don't know the answers to that question, 
but I do know that they have um, more success with than without. Um, again, Absolutely. causation or correlation, I don't know. I, just, does. I can just track the numbers and say, okay, great. Um, and that's a hard thing for me to uh, publicize and get over because it's their business, not mine. Um, right. They're the ones doing all the work. So as a leader, uh, my whole thing as leadership was success is was my staff's, failure was mine. So the success that my clients have, that's their success. The shit that they didn't get done or need to take care of, that's on me because I didn't get them in the right direction along the way. So that's how I view it. And that's kind of how I take my approach to my client base as well. Sounds like leadership from the back of the room, which can be incredibly powerful. Like you don't have to be on stage in the front barking orders. You really can lead from the back. Like it seems, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, we were blessed to be at the uh, conference this year, right? And, and you know, when you talk about the connecting the dots, you know, Pat asked me, hey, are you willing to do this? Absolutely. What do you want me to do? Well, here's the, here are the ideas. I, I'm okay being on the front or in the back or wherever you want me to be. I'm okay right. with that. It's not going to bother me one way or the other. I don't have to be the center of attention. I don't necessarily want to be the center of attention, but I enjoy it very much because my passion comes out. My energy comes out. My ability You're to support others good at it. along the way um, supports that. Thank you. You're incredibly good at it. Really quickly, I just want to make a comment because we've all done those diagrams and it's not the disc and it's not the personality things. It's like, where the heck are you versus where do you want to be? You know, on this scale of I'm, I've totally got my personal life under control. Everything is great. My relationships are great. Or they really suck and they're in the toilet. We got to fix this. And going through all that and something as simple as, okay, now everybody connect your dots and make your diamond. For some reason, that took something that was a visualization and this thing out there. And suddenly it was in my head. It was in my heart. It was in my soul. I was like, holy, holy cow. My diamond is not a diamond. It's a really weird oblong shape. Yeah. I should probably... Oh, that three really shows like, up now. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't just pretend that's not a three. It's like, well, then now all the lines are pointing to the three. And so I have to, I get to pay attention to it. So I think that when you say that you have that gift of perspective and asking the right questions, I think that is an understatement in my experience of you in that it really is like, okay, now take this. We've done, we've done all these things. And this has been really great. And this is amazing insight. Oh, but wait, we're not done. Oh, but wait, one more. And I think that there's magic in you being able to do that. So I want to thank you for creating that experience for me and everybody else in the audience. It was, well, it was absolutely amazing. I, I enjoyed it, except for the first few minutes, it looked like everybody was confused as hell going through them. Like, okay, well, guys, it's an example. I'm just, I'm, it's, it's, an ex it's, it's, it's math. It's a, you know, math from stage sometimes isn't the best choice. Math um, early morning. I mean, it was a series like there was not enough coffee in the veins, perhaps. And we don't, maybe we don't take direction well. We're all a bunch of entrepreneurs. We are used to being right. in charge. We don't take direction. Maybe, I don't know, but it was good. It was really, really good. So for I those of you who have not experienced the Idea Collect with Brad Herda, um, look it up. The Idea Collective is spectacular. It's part of why a girl from Utah gets to mingle and play with these people in Wisconsin is because of the Idea Collective. So it's, it's a hell of a thing. Um, I have so many other questions, but I, Okay, we just may have to have a 2.0, and that's okay. Um, really quick, when you when you entertain, what's your favorite kind of food to cook? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, so I like to grill. 
And one of the things that I really enjoy making that people get really um, excited about is I grill these potato slices. So it's a oh, you, I love you, potatoes. <laughs> so so you um, put the potatoes in the microwave, get them half done, right? Yeah, half baked along the way. Slice them up into maybe one inch thick slices. Butter them to death. Add your favorite mm. seasoning. Put them on the grill. Turn them over. Put some more butter on them, more seasoning. Turn them over, more butter, more seasoning. Get them nice and crispy, so like big potato wedges. And they are, people go gaga over them, and they're super simple. That sounds amazing. And I, I have a thing about potatoes. Like any kind of potato is my happy place. Well, but Utah, it sounds I like know, it's a, close. They're close, right? 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 It's like neighborhoods. It sounds like a butter delivery device. It's really what it that is. becomes. It and is. there's nothing wrong with that. Right. The butter, the butter creates the crispiness. Um, and then there's this, um, I have this espresso mm. seasoning that comes from, oh, where is it from? The salt, uh, spice and tea exchange, which is a franchise oh. organization across the country that you can order online. Yeah. It's their espresso rub and it's spectacular in that space. I hope you have an affiliate link for them. I hope you're getting paid for this. Nope. <laughs> I'm not. Found them in Florida mm -hmm. accidentally, and there's a franchise here in Wisconsin that I that we oh. go and buy our stuff from. So, okay, that's awesome. Salt and spice, is that what you said? Uh, spice and tea exchange, it's called. Spice and tea. I'm writing that down. I bet there's some kind of a branch, and like you said, if they're online, then it's easy. Spice and, it's and tea espresso. It's our espresso rub. It's delicious. Nummy, nummy. Before I let you go, I want to roll out the red carpet here and let you talk about your podcast for a little bit. Tell us about the Blue Collar BS podcast. So that podcast came from myself and my co-host Steve Doyle out of Michigan. Um, we both met each other about seven, you know, seven years ago last week. Um, we talked about this podcast for about three years. We're both in the manufacturing blue collar world, and we were tired of hearing that we can't find good people, particularly coming right out of COVID and all the other things, and manufacturing is going gangbusters and all you heard all over the place is nobody wants to work, can't find good people, can't good can't find good people. And to both of us, those are excuses and BS excuses. Hence the reason for BS, which also stands for Brad and Steve, which also stands for business solutions. So um, smart. Multifaceted, happy accident. Um, so we <laughs> we talk and so we interview people about what they have done to create a multi-generational business or have a workforce of multi-generation and their success. Um, or we talk to individual tradesmen or people that are working in there to find out how they have experienced the trades or experienced their life as an employee. You know, are they, how much harassment have they had to take to get through as they got through their, you know, apprenticeship mm -hmm. journey and stuff? What's changed? What's accepted? What's not accepted? How job sites have changed? Creating opportunities for those blue collar business owners to have a resource or have a thing or create something for them to learn something to be better to connect the dots in a multi-generation workforce because it's not going away. These four generations are going to be here for a very long time because of boomers don't want to necessarily, if they're going to leave, they're going to leave because they're ready um, or because of their health. But if they don't have the affordability and they want the insurance, they're going to stick around because they love it because many of them haven't figured out what their plan is after they get done doing all the mm. things. So leaving the workforce isn't something they, they're excited about because it's been their life for 50 years or 40 right. years. It's what they know what they know um you know yeah. gen x like myself we're gonna be there for a while right um 
and, and get stuck in the middle. The millennials, they're going to be there as well. They lead differently than the boomer who leads differently than the Gen X who leads differently Absolutely. than the Gen Z. We're all individuals in our own behaviors, but we have some tendencies to uh, rally around based on our environments from which we've all grown up in, you know, um, desert storm. My kids know nothing about desert storm, but they were also very young at 9-11. 9-11 had a great, great impact on me as a parent of, of two young students, whereas desert storms like, Oh, am I going to get drafted? Do I have to go? What's going to happen? Right. Two very different perspectives of many different events. Um, so those events create that bond across generations and how we do things and how we learn and technology. And um, so we talk about all those things in the podcast and wow. uh, bring that support. We reached as high as uh, we've been in the top 10 of curated blue collar podcasts. Um, Whoa. Congratulations. Uh, our our charts we've hit uh, in India. Steve has a good following in India because he had a workforce over there. So in India, we hit uh, we broke the 200 list at 189. Canada, we hit 134 a couple weeks for, for one of the shows. So we've had... Nice. It's been pretty weird to see the worldwide um, opportunity where we have some regular consistent listening around the world, not just here in the U.S. That's amazing. You are, I mean, about ripple effect, but that's one of those things where you say it once and it just keeps going endlessly. That's fabulous. Yeah, Congratulations. And, and what we talk about is applicable to all industries. It's just that we're focused on that blue collar world because somebody's yeah. got to fix the toilet sometime. And I don't want to pay $700 for somebody to come do a house call to jiggle, a jiggle the lever on the toilet. Right. 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 <laughs> think about that i'm all about the yeah i don't know how to do that i i i will hire i will hire somebody to come yeah, and it do shouldn't that. cost you a, it shouldn't cost a fortune you know for a standard right. for a standard you know house call right now just to get the delivery just to get there just to get there and even walk in the door yeah you're in at least here in the wisconsin area we're probably at 130 bucks just to get somebody to show up yeah here too if you can get them to show up if they're they're and then stay there. We've had people like in the middle of the job quit the company they're working for. Like they didn't come back from lunch. And, like, and that is stopped. what we do with our clients to not have that happen. That is what I do to make sure that they do have the good people and they do work through that and they create the environment and the procedures and they do show up and they do respond and they do create differentiation and they outbehave their competition. And when you outbehave your competition, you know what happens? You win. I like that. Outbehave your competition. That's beautiful. We're going to end on that. That's a good take that. There have been so many beautiful nuggets of wisdom and all the great things. Brad, thank you so much for being here. Thank you again for being willing to share your voice. I really oh, appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. And um, I really appreciate what you do. Listen to a few shows before I got on. And um, <laughs> there's some really cool people you've talked with. And I'm, I'm humbled to be part of that audience now. So thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. My pleasure. So for those of you listening, thank you again for tuning in. This is Brad Herta with, I want to make sure I get your name right here, with Vision Forward Business Solutions. And we'll make sure we have the links to the podcast and how to actually connect with him and make some time to pray, just soak up all of his genius. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. Uh, there have been some fabulous gems throughout this. So I hope each one of you has found at least one of them and let it soak its way into your heart and inspires you to take action today. 
So until I get to see you again, as always, rock on.